0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, October the 13th, you know, October the 13th, Friday the 13th. I don't know if that means anymore or what the, what it means anymore. At one time, you know, you had all kinds of crazy ideas. You know, you never wanted Friday to, to fall on the 13th. Well, so far, so good for me. Uh, this Friday has been just fine for me. But, yeah, you still have that superstition of Friday the 13th and Somebody was explaining to me where that came from, and I forgot, frankly, so maybe you know. But Friday the 13th, very nice day here in Dallas, Texas. We're getting ready for the big playoff between Houston, the Houston Astros, and the Texas Rangers. We haven't had that before, and it's going to be exciting. I think these two teams are are going to be pretty good. It's going to be a good series. And by the way, if you want to get into a little bit more about the Rangers and the Astros. I did a podcast with uh, Dave uh, Michaels yesterday, uh, and you can pick it up in the archives. It's the video right before this one in the archives. Also, another quick thing, if you live in Houston um, and you listen to radio station 740 AM, this is the news talk station there in, in Houston. This morning I did a few interviews Uh, on that station. And they're going to be featuring, I guess, parts of the interview all day long. And we were talking about immigration, how immigration has become a political problem uh, for the Democrats. And the reason is that it hasn't turned out the way they planned it. Sanctuary cities were basically a political slogan for the Democrats. That's all that it was. It was a political slogan. It was never really something they had to deal with. It was just a political slogan. It was a way of getting back at Governor Abbott or Republicans across the country. But now that the migrants are showing up in their cities, uh, they're finding out they don't have the resources and that they don't really want these migrants. And the whole thing is blown up in in their face. And uh, that's what we were talking about, how the politics of demagoguery have completely uh, crashed uh, with the reality of having all these people in your in your country and the country's not ready for them. It's, it's not that we're against immigration. People always get confused on this. Nobody's against immigration. Uh, we're against illegal or chaotic immigration, which is what we're seeing on the border. But, you know, we we have immigration laws in the United States. We have asylum laws in the United States, and they've worked rather well over the years. The immigration laws have legally brought into the country Millions of people who are very productive and great citizens uh, of the country. And, you know, we see them all around our community. Great patriots who are uh, immigrants who came here you know, who really love the United States and value the United States. But the problem when you have this kind of crazy immigration people showing up in cities and in your country is that you're not ready for it. Nobody is, would be ready for something like this and you don't have the resources, and it just becomes chaotic. And that's what we're going through right now. Well, just a quick note about what is happening in the House of Representatives. I, Again, I am very unhappy with the Republicans. I, I'm, re, I'm Republican. I voted Republican. But I'm very unhappy how basically seven or eight Republicans are, are just holding everything up. It's not right. It's not right. And maybe they should be thrown out of the party. I, I don't know if that's uh, the solution. But the, the reality is that you got to have a speaker. And when you have a majority of 7 to 10 votes in the House, when you have a Senate that is 51-49, and you have a Democrat president, it's going to be tough to do what you want to do. You don't have the votes. So you got to maybe compromise or at least work on increasing your majorities. That's what you got to do. The way you fix this is not by, you know, getting angry at speaking McCarthy. The way you fix this is by having more Republicans come into the Congress next time around so that you have a bigger Republican majority in the House, a Republican Senate, and a Republican president. That's how you're going to get things done. But unfortunately, many of these Republicans... uh, they're just holding everything up. And I know that a lot of Republicans are getting very angry uh, with them, and I'm one of those. Um, you know, McCarthy was not the perfect speaker, but there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a perfect speaker, given the political reality of the country where everything is polarized and nobody has a big majority. So when you don't have a big majority, there's not much you can do other than try to get the best deal you can, which is what I think McCarthy uh was trying to do so memo to republicans get your act together get a speaker and let's start talking about the things that are really impacting the country like biden economics you may have seen uh the news today that mortgage rates just went up uh mortgage rates have gone up considerably you know a couple of years ago a mortgage rate you can get a mortgage for like 2.99 percent. Now it's about six, seven. That is having a terrible impact on the real estate industry. Not just people buying, but people selling. The people buying, of course, have to take into account the higher rates. The people selling have to consider whether it's a good time to sell a low rate mortgage that you're in right now and get into a higher rate mortgage in the future. So it's it's a tough time in the real estate business. And Biden economics is not working. That's what the Republicans need to be talking about. We also got information in September that wholesale inflation is back up. I mean, this is terrible news for the for the average American. That's what the Republicans need to be talking about, not some personality contest uh, between one speaker or another. I'm sorry, guys, but you got to get your act together in the text in the. In the Republican House. This is not a good image to have Republicans. And again, it's only a small number of them. It's not the big group. It's like seven or eight of them who are making all of this, uh, frankly, impossible to get anything, anything done. Well, Israel, I guess they're beginning the infantry section. In other words, they're starting to bring in some ground troops and they're going to be doing the cleaning up where they're going to literally go house by house and building by building Look, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. There's going to be a lot of dead people killed, a lot of innocent people killed. but I don't know what options Israel has. You know they've just been hit by a terrible terrorist attack. All those kids who were killed at the at the music party or whatever they were having the music concert, and then you have all those families who were executed in their homes. I mean it's an absolutely horrific situation. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and I think the Israelis have every right to defend themselves, and they will. But you know what's going to happen? A lot of the international media is going to be telling the the Israelis to show restraint and hold back. Look, they've done that before. It doesn't work because Hamas is not interested in resolving any issues. Hamas is just interested in, in, in what they do, and what they do is not helping the people of Palestine. So it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly in that region for the next few weeks. And I don't know. Obviously, a lot of civilians are going to be killed. That's all I can tell you. And I feel bad about that. But I feel bad about the Israelis, too, who were killed. And I support 100% the idea that Israel has a right to defend itself. And they're going to do it. And they're going to do it big. I, I think this is going to be a very significant operation that you will see uh, unleashed on, on, on Gaza here over the next uh, couple of weeks. Well, up in Chicago, I think it was Chicago or a couple of other places, some biological men are competing against women and winning events, like cycling. This young woman, or this man, Dolvin Delaney or whatever his name is, the one who dresses up as a woman, was apparently picked woman of the year by some magazine. Look, this is insane. We've gone into insane territory when you're having men dress up as women and being nominated for woman of the year. And when you're seeing men defeat women in cycling and swimming and other sporting events, that is just insane. I don't know how else to say it. It's just absolutely insane. And we're the feminists. Where are the women's groups? They want to be out there marching against this stuff and saying, hey, don't take away a trophy for from a woman and give it to a biological male. Don't do that. And yet the silence from these feminist groups is really amazing to me. It really is uh, amazing to me. Well, today we say happy number 81 to Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys. Now, look, When Jerry Jones bought this team back in 1989, I remember that whole thing quite well because it happened very quickly. And, uh, you know, they they came into town and they bought the team and he put uh, Jimmy Johnson as the coach. And that's how Coach Tom Landry was fired back then. So it was a very consequential week or so that they had back in, in February or March of of 1989. But when Jerry Jones bought the team, that team won. They won three uh, uh, three Super Bowls, I should say, by 1996. So in the first seven or six years of, of Jerry Jones owning the franchise, they won three Super Bowls and they made it to the NFC Championship game four times, one time losing to San Francisco. And they were, you know, a hugely popular team, hugely successful team. But they have not been successful since 1996. I don't think the Cowboys, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think they have been in the NFC title game since. I don't think they have. So, you know, I'm sure that that drives Mr. Jones crazy because he's a very competitive guy. He's also a huge fan. That's what people forget about him. He's a fan of the Cowboys. And he lives and dies with the Cowboys as much as uh, the fans do. But anyway, happy number 81 to Jerry Jones. Uh, Somebody was saying, how much longer is he going to do this? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hangs around until they win another Super Bowl. Seems to be in pretty good shape, pretty good health. He's very alive, very, you know, I mean, when you see him speak and everything, he looks fine. He's 81 years old. So I guess he'll hang around as long as he can. But for sure, I think he'll hang around until. I think if they win another Super Bowl, somewhere down the road. Maybe he'll take that opportunity to retire and pass the ball to his son, Steve. But for the time being, he's gonna be around, Mr. Jerry Jones, who I like as a coach. I I mean, as an owner, I've said it many times that Jerry Jones is a great owner because he he likes to think about the fans. He's always thinking about making the club better. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to do it for quite some time. And I think that I'm sure that that's gotta be very agonizing on Mr. Jones. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.